It's a happy day at Declare Victory. It's Men's Day. My name's Andrew. Who's with me on the call? Good morning, Brother Andrew. Grateful Deborah Evans. Good morning. Happy Friday. Good, mor- Good morning, Grateful. Happy Friday. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lust and he be renewed in the spirit of your mind the refreshing of the spirit by the fountain of life we're here to drink and declare victory my name is andrew who's with me on the call good morning uh pa this is bubbly happy friday hey what's up bubbly hey Abundant life. Thank you, darling. Amen, amen. Good to hear your sound this morning. Thank you. You as well. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. By not let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Good morning, Happy Mrs. Friday. Susie. Hey, Susie. Happy morning. Friday. Good morning, Brother Andrew. How are you? I'm hanging in there, sister. Need to. Uh-huh. I'm Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
Happy Friday, Sister Yvonne. All the time, God is good, and he definitely has our back and our front. Good to hear you this morning, Sister. All right. Good morning, this is Sister Lisa. Happy Friday, and God bless everyone on the line. Happy Friday, Sister Lisa. Good morning, Andrew. It's Miss D. Hey, Miss D. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, honey. Good morning, Brother Andrew. It's Brother Michael. How you doing? All right, Brother Michael. Standing in victory. Happy Friday, Good. brother. Likewise. Coming up on a new milestone on Sunday, I'll be 70, 70 years old, by God's grace. Oh. All right. All right. Good morning. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who who was that greeting? Oh, this is Janelle Dennis. I called in yesterday morning for the first time. I was just calling again this morning. God bless you. How are you guys? God bless you. Happy Friday. Thank you. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. Now, did you just say that this was your first time? Well, yesterday morning was the first time. Oh, glad to have you back. Glad to have you you back. But God bless you, Brother Michael. God bless you, Brother Michael. Thank you. Seventy blessings. Happy um happy Friday, Brother Andrew. I didn't mean to cut you off, but when he said seventy, I took a victory lap. Then I had to get back on the phone. That's a blessing. Yes. Amen. Every every day after that is is borrowed time. Amen. Because uh, with faith and obedience and honoring our father and our mother, we get extended time. So every 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 day after that, brother Michael, is a testament to your walk. God bless you. Happy Friday Thank to you, you Sister Beatty. Happy day to declare victory. My name is Andrew. <coughs> Who's with me on the call? Hey, good morning. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who was that? That was Janelle. Good God morning, Diane. God bless you, Diane. Happy Friday to you both. Happy Friday, Andrew. Is there anyone else that that just joined us and would like to say hello? Good morning, everyone. It's Pastor Winton. Uh, happy Friday to you all. God bless you, Pastor Winton. Happy Friday to you, sir. Glad to be in the number one more time. There's so much death and destruction and people's edges being frayed. 
it 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 it's it, it's good for us to dwell in agreement in the richness of the gospel. And so we join not being isolated and feeling insulated from each other. But we come together in faith yes. for our strength. Yes. For the Lord inhabits the praise of his saints. Would there be any other new voices joining the call? Good morning. This is Monica. God bless you, sister. Happy Friday. Good morning. This is Nesby. God bless you. Happy Friday. Good morning. It's Pretty Patrice. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Pretty Patrice. Good morning. It's Moni. Happy Friday. Good morning, Sister Moni. Happy Friday to you. Well, according to the clock on the wall, it's time we got started. So I'm going to ask everyone that can hear me to please mute your phone. Activate the mute feature on it and make sure throughout the call that it stays activated so that there's nothing hindering the absorption of the gospel, that those that are listening can hear and those that have the intention to learn may learn and those with the will may do, that the Lord get the glory out of all in his service. Good morning again. My name is Andrew again. Welcome to Declare Victory. If you ask who we are, this is who we are. We are a prayer call, meets Monday through Saturday, beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, running through 7, and we're here to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Today is Friday, which is Men's Day, where only men are scheduled in a lineup to bless you. Thank you for joining us during the month of April, where our monthly theme has been assurance. This means that all of our declarations have been regarding receiving assurance from the Lord. Please join us through the month of May, where the new theme is grace. We're moving from assurance to grace. Two announcements are before us today. Firstly, please join us this evening for Friday Night Live, airing from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time by calling this same number. You will definitely be blessed. The title of the call is Deeply Rooted. Secondly, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission to declare victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths, along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to do so. Firstly, declare victory org paypal.me slash declare victory secondly or thirdly cash app dollar sign 
I declare victory now. There are three ways again. DeclareVictory.org, PayPal.me, slash DeclareVictory, or Cash App, dollar sign, I declare victory now. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father. May we return to you for giving and trusting in Him. Although there were no prayer requests on the online app this morning, we have prayer requests that are revolving that all who approach the throne of grace should keep on their mind and heart. Firstly, the most vulnerable, we lift the children. We lift the children that are still languishing behind bars in cages, waiting to connect again with their parents who are being, the children who are being abused, the children who are being neglected, the children who are hungry, the children who are homeless, the children who are being trafficked, children who are being bullied, the children who are on the edge of suicide, and the children who are doing the harm to other children. We lift them all before the Lord. We're lifting the elderly, those in hospice care, we're praying for healing in their bodies, and if such be the Lord's will, for their comfort on leaving this world, advancing to the next. We're lifting those that are being alienated and abandoned from their families, the ones that are isolated because of the pandemic and distance across the, the country and finances from being with their families. We're lifting those that have lost hope, have given up, the ones that are slowly losing their personality due to ailments that zap their memory. Father God, we lift those that are just so financially strapped by being uh, fixed income earners that these times are harder on them than most others. We're lifting those first-line responders who are feeling weary, who feel empty and tapped out simply because they're so necessary. Every day seems to be heavy with loss, and most are not being sucred by their loved ones because everyone's hands are full with grief and hurt. We're lifting up marriages. We're lifting up friendships. We're lifting up each other, especially when we get so weary that we forget to pray, that we get so burdened down that the fervency in our prayers seems to eke away. We're just lifting up those that are questioning their faith. We're lifting up the yokemen of the gospel who feel burdened by the needs of their congregations, the ones that face losing their ministries or their churches because everyone's testimony is their ministry. But because of the financial issues, they lose the space 
where they hold meetings with the saints. We're lifting everybody in the peace of Jerusalem up before the Lord this morning. We're lifting up the declarer this morning that the Lord's truth be spoken. We're lifting up Moses before he takes us to the throne of grace that the needs of many may be spoken by the one. We're just lifting everyone that is close to the rim bell. Those that are feeling suicide is the only way for relief and for pain to be relieved. We're lifting all of those and other needs before the throne this morning. Order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Brother Moses. The declaration will be brought by Pastor Wenton. That order once again, prayer and corporate praise will be rendered by Brother Moses. The declaration will be rendered by Pastor Wenton. Immediately following, Pastor Wenton will lead us into love, life, and victory, and he will offer answers to new questions and firmer points from questions asked for those that heard and those that are continuing to listen. Before we continue, our scripture for today is found in Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Please check your phone to make sure mute feature is engaged. Check continually during the declaration this morning until you are told by whomever to come off mute and offer your praise or your questions. <coughs> I now transfer the call. My name is Andrew Hart. God bless you all. Thank you, Andrew. All right, before we get into prayer, if everybody could just check and make sure that their phone is on mute. Thank you. I appreciate it. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We just boldly approach your throne today, Lord, with knowing that we have nothing we can give back to you, Lord. Nothing that can even make a dent into what you've done for us. Nothing that can compare to what you've done for us, the grace, the mercy you've offered us, the knowledge, the wisdom, moments where we have none of it. Lord, we come today thankful that we woke up another day. Lord, that there's some who didn't wake up today. There's some who don't have the warmth of the home that we woke up in, Lord, or the food in the fridge that we have, or the cars that are in our garage or our driveway, Lord. We're thankful for all those things. Lord, the little things that we miss every single day, Father, we're thankful for those things. We give you praise for the health of our family and for those right now who might be battling through something, who have a fam that have a family member that is in a hospital right now, that is battling through a sickness or, or any kind of ailment of any kind, whether it be temporary or this is something that we need to battle with together. We stand in that gap right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I praise you, Father. I praise you, Lord, that we can stand in the gap for each other, Lord, that there's so many prayer requests out there right now. What time did I say Lord, but I ask, can you go on mute, please? There's somebody uh, still off mute right now. If everyone could just check down and just verify that you're on mute. Thank you very much. Lord, I want to thank you for those that we have to stand in the gap for right now. Either we don't know their prayer requests or they don't have the way to tell us their prayer requests right now. Lord, we stand in the gap for them. 
those that are that that left the hospital late last night or those that are going those of us that work there father we lift those places up right now that are on the front line fighting against not just the pandemic lord but all the things that our family members and friends and coworkers and 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 family friends and everyone of that nature lord anything that they could be fighting through right now we stand in that gap with them lord those those of us who would have children um or who currently have children who are in the hospital right now lord I lift that up, even if it, if it isn't your kid, that you would pray with the same heart as if it was, that from the place of thankfulness that your child may have health right now, that you can stand in the gap with somebody who, who isn't in where you're at right now, somebody who is battling, who is fighting, who is believing, Lord. We pray with full confidence, knowing that by your stripes we are healed, Lord, that we can stand on top of your word, stand on top of your promises, and we want to pray through the healing, Lord. But not just healing, Lord, but but for peace and joy in the process, for peace and joy with every time that we walk in, Lord, with peace and joy everywhere we go, Father, on getting food and returning home. Lord, I want to pray for every family who doesn't feel like they have hope, that they have strength to make it through that process right now, who thinks that today is the last day because they just can't do it anymore. I want to pray for everybody in that place right now, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a job whether it's a family right now, whether it's breakthrough for a family member, whether it's a breakthrough in their own life. Lord, I want to pray through strength for just one more day, Lord. I want to pray that today's Friday, Lord. I want to pray by, by weekend's end that that person that just has one last thread that they're holding on to, that they hold on to because breakthrough is coming this weekend, Lord, that they would have given up today. They would have walked away today, that somebody would have stopped applying to that job today that somebody would have stopped praying for their marriage today, that somebody called in today and they just had it on their heart that they were just done in their marriage. They were just completely done in this personal relationship. They were just completely done in this family relationship. Lord, I've been there. We've been there. Lord, we all know what it's like, but you have to hold on. You have to push through. You have to remember that God will come through in the final hour. In the midnight hour, he will come through. And today is not a day that we're going to quit. At 620, 621, 618, 619, whatever time it is, wherever you're at, whatever your clock reads right now, this time right now on Friday, it is not done. It's not over yet. God has not spoke yet, Father. And I pray with that same confidence that we can pray boldly into every aspect of our society, Lord, that we all represent somehow. Those of us who, who work with the homeless community, Lord, I want to pray that we start to see a decrease in that, Father. I want to pray that even if we are the ones that are called out to that, Lord, that we can provide comfort, that we can provide home, whether we're donating or whether it's time, Lord, in any way, in any capacity, that we can show your love to those who don't have a home right now. Lord, for those of us who know what that feels like, who know what that, that fear feels like to know that you don't have a place to take your kids to. You don't have a place to go to. You don't have a place to call home or if your vehicle is currently home. But we want to pray into those situations right now, believing for a roof over their head, believing for consistent housing, Lord, and, pr and praying into opportunities, Father, and that those of us who have the means and the ability, that you would place us in the place where we could be your hands, we could be your feet, we could be your eyes, Lord, where we can constantly be you to that community, Lord, I want to pray into our children's lives. Lord, I want to pray into their direction. Lord, I want to pray that our children will always be the positive influence. I want to pray that each one of our kids, even those of us who might not yet have uh, grandkids or, or kids, Lord, that those that are yet to, born, yet to be born, that they would be the godly influence in the life of those around them, Lord. 
We want to pray for generational influence, Lord, that it's not just here today. It's not just us praying today. It's not just us greeting today. It's not just us declaring today, but that it's our kids, Lord, and our kids' kids, and that we see the generations will shift now from the times that we're praying here, the times and, and the moments that these are investments, Lord, that days that we're calling in and we're waking up early at six o'clock and, and we're doing the greeting and we're praying and we're doing corporate praise, what we're about to do in a couple minutes. Lord, that these are investments that are going towards eternity with everyone who has our lasting, with everyone who's related to us. Even if it's nieces and nephews, even if you yourself don't have kids, that it's nieces and nephews or it's young people that you influence. And if you don't have that, Lord, I want to declare and pray right now that what we've built up inside our heart for you, Lord, that we're able to pass that, that we're able to transmit that to those younger generations around us, Father. I want to declare you are a God yesterday today and tomorrow, Lord, and that what we're doing here today, the worship that we're bringing you here today, the faith that we're declaring boldly in this message today and in this prayer today, Lord, will resonate throughout everybody, every life that we've affected and touched, Lord, and I thank you for that, Father. I want to pray into our political landscape, Lord. I want to pray against division in this country, Lord. I don't, I don't, I don't care what your political belonging is. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what, which dogmas you've retained, which which uh, political ideology, you are first and foremost a child of God. At the end of the day, we are always a, first and foremost a child of God. And I pray identity over this country, Lord. I want to pray even first before political. Um, I want to pray first before a socioeconomic, before any of that, before we tell somebody what our ethnicity is, before we tell somebody what country we're from, we are first and foremost a child of the most high, Lord. And I pray from that place, that we interact with people. I pray from that place that we forgive people. Lord, I pray from that place that we extend our hand and show love that you extended your hands and showed us on the cross, Father, that we will always remember that that is the first place we take our step from. That is the first place where every syllable comes from, is the place of the cross, humbly bowed before you, God, and the way that we treat and interact. Every single person, no matter where they're rolling up to us in a Rolls Royce or, or, an, or a 50-year-old car, Lord, that we treat them the way that you treated them when you died for them, Lord, and that we always remember that, Father, that we don't have the right to treat anybody the way that our politics tell us we need to treat this person. Or we don't treat this person the way that, oh, I have a bad gut feeling about this person. No, what does God say about that person? Your gut didn't die on the cross for you. What did, what did God tell you? And I thank you, Father, for heavenly discernment, Father. I thank you for a God-processing mind, just like you asked Solomon, Lord, and he honors you by responding and saying, I want a heart that processes things the way that you process things. I want a God processing mind, Lord. And I pray that each one of us would have that, Lord, as we, as we wake up and turn on the news, as we get phone calls and texts from our family members, Lord, that we wouldn't react the way the world reacts. We wouldn't react based off fear. We wouldn't react based out of anxiety and stress and all these other things, Lord, but that we would react out of a God processing mind. That when a situation looks one way, that we can stand in the gap and understand and say to ourselves, but what has God said about this situation? What has the Lord said about the situation that's standing in front of me? Because I know what it looks like, but I haven't heard what God has said yet. I pray that we approach every situation in our life like that, Lord, that we know that we run to you first. I want to pray an emptying, Lord, of that very same mind that we approach this call with today, that we approach our life with today, that we approach our work situations our prayer requests, Lord, our petitions to you, that every single situation that we approach, Lord, that our mind be emptied 
of the things that we have filled it with, of the stress that we've filled it with, of the fear that we've filled it with, of all the junk that we've, we've filled our mind with that then produces fear, that then produces stress, that then produces overthinking, that then produces quitting on you, Lord, that then produces just failure to commit in our relationships, failure to commit in our workplaces, Lord. I want to pray that those things are empty, Lord, and that that mind, that that container that you've given us called the brain, Lord, that we can fill it with your word so that we can stand on top of you, what you've said and that the fear of you become our wisdom and that knowledge of you become our understanding, Lord. I thank you for that, Father. I praise you, Lord, that even in this very moment, you're transforming. And I know that you're going to do that through this message today, Lord. And I can feel it, that you've already been speaking, Lord. You've already been speaking and you're going to continue speaking through today's message. So I pray a preparation for every heart that's about to listen right now, that it be the exact the exact individuals that you wanted to call in today to listen to this exact message on this exact day, Lord, on this exact subject. Lord, I thank you that you're assuring us, that you're reminding us, that you're bringing a confident assurance to let us know that you are God and all that we need to do is to be still. I want to lift up every, every family marriage to you right now, Lord, every, every married couple, Lord, even if it's just the husband calling in, even if it's just the wife calling in today, I want to battle and war on behalf of our marriages right now, Lord, all the marriages that are struggling through something, all the marriages that are battling silently, Lord. I want to pray for all the marriages that feel like they're alone in their struggles right now, that nobody knows what they're going through. And Father, I want to pray for all the marriages that are battling through something that is yet to come, Lord, something that is at, at level one and level two, and it hasn't reached a level eight yet. It hasn't reached slam doors. It hasn't reached uh, screaming and yelling and all those things yet, Lord. But I want to pray for those marriages right now but that it would never get to that point. Lord, I want to pray for the areas that we need to be healed in and, and fixed in and broken down in and compassionate in. I want to pray that that happen before there's a problem. Lord, I want to pray for the cumulative wisdom of marriage in this call, Lord, that the marriages that are on here that have been together for 30, 40, 50 years, 20 years, Lord, I want to pray that the victories from those marriage be applied to the younger marriages, Lord, that they get a group on marriage code, Lord, that even if you weren't married 30 years, that you now have the wisdom and the victory of what God has done in your community members, that you have that in your marriage right now, because that's what you did, Lord. You carried a cross that we will never have to carry. Lord, you walked up a hill that we will never have to walk up. Your body was spit on that we'll never have to receive, that we'll never have to feel. You were mocked and judged the way that we won't ever have to do that you did in that moment, Lord. So I pray the same thing for the wisdom of those that have successfully done it for a long time, for those who have not, Lord. For those who don't know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I pray that we share some light from our tunnel, from our journey, Lord, to others. I thank you for that. I pray that same thing in finances and career over us right now as a community, Lord. I want to pray that, that I want to pray for a breaking of generational poverty chains that have been held against us, Lord. I want to pray that against everybody in every socioeconomic class, Lord, whether you have been on the receiving end of bad terminology your whole life or not. Lord, I want to break that in Jesus' name. If you're someone who just says, oh, you know what, we just, you know, we got enough to go paycheck to paycheck and that's all we really need. No, I, I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You will not be that anymore. You will expand the kingdom of God financially. You will never say that again. You're never going to think like that again. I want to pray that and break that in Jesus' name. You don't have for us to be the one begging, Lord. You have for us to be the one giving freely without any knowledge or thought or care of being paid back because that's what you do, Lord. 
you do that to us, Lord. You give so freely despite any of our circumstance or our background or what we deserve. You give freely, Father. So I pray that we be a people that give freely, Father, because we've watched our Father do it. And we do what you do, and we say what we've heard you say, Lord. So I thank you for that. Father, we lift these these prayer requests up in, in unison. Lord, there's a lot of situations all around the globe right now that need your help. Lord, whether it's India and the pandemic, Lord, or it's our own backyard and our own neighborhood and crime, or there's there's just different topics, Father, that we don't even have time to cover, but you know them in our heart and you hear our hearts as we stand in unity together, as we pray together as a community. So we lift these prayer points up to you, Father, knowing full well that you know you just want willing hearts that are going to bow before you at six o'clock on a Friday morning to pray about these things, to intercede, to stand in the gap. And the one constant thing I've seen other than your love, Lord, in my life is answered prayer. And I know that if you would just pray, God will come in swiftly. God will come in boldly. And I declare that over the prayer points that are on each one of our hearts today, Lord. So we lift these things up to you, Father, and it is a joy. It is a pleasure. It is an absolute privilege to worship you today. So as everybody else comes off mute, I ask that you come off mute boldly with passion, that you just come in like a fire worshiping our God, because that's what he's done in each one of our oh lives. God, so if you come off Jesus. mute right now and worship our God, Lord, we lift him up over Lord, we lift him up over Thank you. Thank Thank you. 
And just Lord, as we come back, Lord, as we come back to Egypt, as we get ready to this next as we come back, Lord, we begin to grow in love. I just thank you, Lord. I pray that we can, we can come back to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 As we begin to go back in as we come back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as we begin to go back on mute, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As we begin to go back on mute, Lord, we just posture our hearts, Father, towards you. We prepare our hearts to receive today's message from you, Lord, and we boldly just seal everything in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And we prepare ourselves. I ask that you guard every heart and and ear, Lord, that we would receive everything and extract everything that's meant to be extracted today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I now pass the call. Good morning. Declare victory, family. Uh, Truly, this is an amazing day uh, because it is a day that God has allowed us to see. It was so good hearing everybody go forth. in prayer, Brother Moses, thank you. And then in praise, it is just good. It's good, y'all. It is It is amazing when we are able uh, to just come together and to really, really, truly thank God without being primed, right, without being pumped or anything of the sort, uh, just because he deserves that. I, I, w- I want to say this because I know we've been in assurance, and I'm excited, uh, and I've been excited uh, this month because oftentimes we we know what God has said concerning us, uh, but let's be honest, there are times where 
we need to know. We just need to know. I mean, that we 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 need to be sure uh, that that he said what he said, right? That he meant what he said, uh, and that he's just going to hold to what he said. Um, of course, we know that we recite all the time. God is not a man that he can lie. Uh, we recite these scriptures, right? Uh, we recite Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven. But I think when things get real, real tight uh, for us, I think that it is important that we understand uh, what the assurance of God uh, truly is and the assurance of his promises to us. And so this morning, y'all, I, I, I have something that I'm going to present to you. Um, and I'm going to present it in a little different way, but, but I'm, nevertheless, I'm excited uh, about the word that God has given uh, this morning. Uh, for those who want to take notes at some point or later on, I, I want you to be able to just kind of hear this this morning. Uh, but I'm going to deal around Second Samuel uh, 23, and let's do the 14th verse, maybe to the 17th verse. And I'll read it for y'all so you don't have to worry about it this morning. Uh, it says, David was then uh, in the stronghold, uh, and then the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And, and David said longingly, uh, oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. 16 says, then the three mighty men broke through the camp, y'all hear that, of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and carried it and brought it to David. But he would not drink of it. He poured it out to the Lord. And said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went at the risk of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. And the scripture says these three things, uh, these things the three mighty men did. I, I want to frame this right this morning so that we can be encouraged about uh, the assurance of God. Uh, the, the the first thing I need to do is kind of talk a little bit about the backdrop of this text, right? So. So in, in this 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel, the, the main focus is actually geared towards David uh, and then his, his two orders of knighthood. So we have the two orders of knighthood, particularly here, there are the three men and then there are the 30. Uh, now, David is in a difficult place in his life. Let me, let me, let me dial back so I can move forward for a minute. David uh, is a man who had the promises of God on his life. I, I want to be clear about his position. Um, he, he knows what God has said to him. Uh, God has repeated himself <laughs> time and time again in the life of David. Yet uh, now in this particular text, David finds himself in a challenging place, all right? Uh, his fortunes, that he was used to having, uh, he's kind of at a low end, right? Uh, uh, perils, uh, things are happening that are threatening his life. Um, the Philistines, y'all remember, have occupied his hometown. Uh, he's suffering, y'all hear this, he's suffering from exposure and privation all at the same time. <laughs> uh, that, that, that thing stuck out to me, and that's been in my spirit for weeks. Uh, this pandemic, uh, this space that many of us have been in, uh, have us in a space 
like David is here in Second Samuel 23. Uh, I said he's suffering from exposure and privation. In other words, David is exposed because of his position, but now he's in a place of privation because while everybody can see David, everybody is watching his public life, he is dealing with something privately. All right, all right. So, so some of you today who are on the phone are suffering from exposure and privation. Uh, because of your role, everybody's watching you. <laughs> but because of where you are in your own spirit, because of where you are in your personal life, you are in a place of privation. David is now dealing with being open and closed all at the same time. So, so, so things are tight for David, but his assignment does not stop, all right? Um, David's assurance or the assurance of the promises of God in David's life are not necessarily tied to David as much as they are his assignment. All right, I know. I know they messed some of y'all up this morning because we've been teaching that it's tied to the person and all of the above. But what if I told you that, that the assurance that God had given David was going to be based on David's ability to fulfill his God-given assignment? <laughs> uh, do me a favor. Do me a favor. If I was in church, I would tell somebody to tell somebody it's not personal. It's not personal. Uh, we got to stop taking these things personally, and we have to start acknowledging that sometimes what we deal with is because of an assignment. It's because of an assignment. So, so now David is in uh, this place. He's in a different season of his life. When we talk about the assurance of the promises of God, uh, there, there's, there's some things that we have to remember. The first thing is we never get to the assurance of the promise until we deal with the assigning of a burden. All right. Uh, 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 uh. The, the, the tricky part about being and understanding that you have the promises of God on your life, but still having to deal with things sometimes is that what we first deal with and what first approaches us is going to seem like it's a burden, but later we will find that it's really a blessing. All right. Uh, when we look at the word burden, right, in the Old Testament, we, we, we see the word, uh, uh, the, the, the original word in the Hebrew was masa, and, and, and that means a load and or a bearing of sorts, right? Uh, so, so when we talk about that, we, 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 we say that when a burden is present, there must be weight. All right. <laughs> and, and, and some of you all this morning have been challenged in your spirit, my God, because you have struggled with the fact that you told the Lord you didn't mind the burden, but now you're complaining about the weight. Uh-oh. And, and there is no burden that is given without some weight that is applied, all right? Uh, David is now at the point where he's had some amazing wins, but he suffered some major losses. 
uh, he's now feeling the weight of the burden. Uh, the, but but the weight itself, again, y'all hear me, was attached to his assignment. It's his assignment that the weight is attached to. Uh, but 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 just because the weight has purpose doesn't necessarily make it any lighter. So 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 I want to offer a difference of opinion this morning uh, and encourage somebody uh, to 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 know that the weight you feel now is not a direct reflection of something somebody projected onto you, as much as it is confirmation that God has a to you, my God, what he's assigned to you. The pressure that you feel is going to be productive. The pain that you may have had to deal with is going to be profitable. But it's important that we understand this. Uh, We've got the context, though, that David was not alone while he was in the stronghold. Now, some texts say stronghold, but I I want y'all to know David is in a cave, okay? David is in a cave. He is in a dark As a matter of fact, David was not alone, though he was in the cave. The Bible says that David was in good company. Uh, He had mighty men with him. anything. I told y'all a while ago, he was stuck between exposure and privation. David is not in the cave by himself. His men are with him. Yet, because of his assignment and because of what he's dealing with, he has to go through what he's going through in that moment alone. Can I tell you something? People can be there for you. People can call you. They can pray with you. But I want to make sure we understand that when a burden is assigned to your assignment, you are the only person that is anointed. My God, you're the only person that's anointed to carry that burden. And that is why we've got to be careful that we don't get frustrated with people when they don't reach in and try to help us lift the burden. If that burden is assigned to your assignment, it is not for somebody else to lift the burden that's on your assignment. Now, they can pray for you. They can cover you and help you along the way. But it's important that you know that the weight of your assignment is a personal thing. David is in a cave with company, y'all. He's got good company. He's got strong company. He's got company that could assist him in that moment. But David's company could not stop him from going into this cave. Why? Because the cave was a part of his assignment, not by himself, but David was assigned to be in the cave by God. All right? So the thing I got to tell you about assigned burdens is that they're tailor-made, right? They're individualized. They are personalized, which means that you can be going through something in front of everybody, but it's still a very, very personal thing. David opens up his mouth in, in, in the company of the people. Now, hear me. He's not talking to the men, okay? He's not asking the men to get him something to drink. The Bible says that David begins to talk to himself because he's in a dark place. Uh, I, I want to pause here and say, because some of us have been there before. I know I have, uh, where, where, where I am not necessarily talking to somebody else, I am talking to myself in this place. David is, is, is longing for a drink, but, but hear this. The drink that David is longing for is not a physical drink of water. 
David is, is, is desiring because of the dark season that he is in, because of the dark place, listen, that he did not sign up to be in. I want y'all to hear that. Uh, David has landed himself here, but the promises of God have placed him there. David is sighing. He is in a cave. He is sighing, but he's desiring a refreshing, all right? Uh, it is not that he literally wants the cup of water to drink, uh, because again, I tell you, David, even though he was in a cave, David had the ability to get whatever he wanted. He is desiring a refreshing, because while David is in this dark place, David is also uh, what some would consider nearing the end of his life. He is in his older years, and David desires uh, a refreshing of sorts. Uh, uh, Y'all remember, I don't know if you had grandparents uh, that are from the South. I'm from the South, uh, if you can't tell. So, so when I would talk to my grandparents, they would always talk about the good old days. They talked about when things made sense. They talked about uh, 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 how things have changed, how, how back then they would do this and they could do that. That is where David is in this cave. Can I tell you something? Uh, uh, it's, it's one thing to be in a dark place, but now David has a desire for things to be light again. He desires for the burden to be a little lighter. David's longing uh, was that he experienced once again uh, the vigor of his youth. Uh, he needed to feel the freedom to come and go as he pleased. He desired to go back to a less complicated life. He needed uh, to be reassured of God's blessings on his life. All these things were wrapped up when David sighed. Oh, that someone would give me something to drink. Uh, he, he was desiring that, that, that there would be a refreshing, even though he was in and assigned to a dark place. Dare I say that you can be living for God, y'all. You can be serving God. You can be attending church. You can be working in the vineyard. Uh, but there will be times that you want to know that the wait is worth it. There are times that you want to know that if I have to deal with the pressure, that the pressure is going to work. David felt the weight of the burden all while knowing that God was in the burden. I want to make sure we hear that. He felt the weight of the burden all while knowing that God was in the burden. So, so just like uh, the Lord reminded King Jehoshaphat in Second uh, Chronicles 20 and 15, you can carry the burden of assignment knowing that this battle is not yours, right? But it is the Lord. So, so we saw the assigning of the burden. Uh, uh, David lands himself uh, in this cave because the Lord has desired for him to be there. He wants an opportunity for a refreshing. So there's the assignment of a burden, right? but then there is the opportunity for relief. There are times as we are knowing the promises of God and, and we're on the way to seeing the promises of God, uh, that God will reward your willingness to remain, even though our assignment isn't yet complete. In other words, he gives us glimpses of hope, glimpses of victory, even though we've not yet completed, y'all hear that? Even though we haven't completed what it is that we set out to do in his name. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 reminds us, right, that the race is not given, y'all know it, to the swift or the strong, but to the one who endureth until the end. David is in this cave with his men as a part of his assignment, and most importantly, a part of his burden, okay? Uh, uh, but, 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 but here's what happens. 
Whether David is at the end of his life or not, one thing is for sure, David had help in the cave. I want to pause here now uh, because the Lord never sends you a burden without assigning people to be there to assist in some way or another. All right. So, so there's a personal process we go through that you're going to have to go through that process alone because it's your assignment. But the Lord never assigns a burden to you without assigning people to assist you while it is that you're carrying that burden. All right? David's desire, y'all heard that, was to go back to when things made sense. He wanted a refreshing uh, of his mind. He wanted a rewinding of the clock. He needed to know that the weight that he felt uh, wasn't going to crush him. And the text says that the three mighty men heard the request that David made out loud. And again, he wasn't talking to them, but the Bible says they decided to respond. Now listen, this thing blessed me. Uh, I don't know who it's going to bless on this line, but listen, uh, 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 there are several things I could pull from the three mighty men, but here's the one thing I'm going to pull. The summation of the, of the mighty men's purpose uh, can be found in their assignment, right? Uh, their, their priority Here's how you know you've got God-assigned help while you're on your way to assurance. Here's how you know you got God-assigned help. Uh, When the men are in the cave, their goal, though their leader is struggling with the day when things made sense, the leader is desiring a refreshing. He's desiring to go back. He's desiring for the clock to be rewinded. Notice what they do. Good help shows up to relieve, not to make you relive. (laughs) Somebody write that down for me today. Good help shows up to help you, to relieve you, uh, not to make you necessarily relive. Here's what they did. The men are in the cave. They overhear David sighing for, for a drink of water. And the men make it their business to assist David in what he has sighed out for. Now, they could have sat around and sat with him and told him, yeah, there, there was no, no days like yesterday, you know. And, 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 and uh, uh, remember a couple of years ago when da, da, da. But when they showed up, they, good help shows up understanding that their job, its job, is to relieve and not to make you relive. They didn't sit in the seat of yesterday with David. They didn't, they didn't, David was already in a low place. So, so, so what good would it have done for them to call David or be with David and, and to start reliving yesterday and last year when he's already depressed at the fact that he's stuck somewhere and can't go back to where things made sense? So it's relieving, good help shows up asking the question, what can I do? Good help shows up sometimes not saying anything, just grabbing stuff, just helping. Uh, A good help might just slide something in your hand without you even knowing that you need it. Good help might get on its knees at night and pray for you even when you don't you, uh, uh, don't know you need to be prayed for. Good help shows up to help relieve. The Lord did not deliver David from the cave in that moment. But here's what the Lord did. The Lord made sure that David had good help around him to support him. And that's what I want to say to you all. 
That's what I want to say to you. I don't care if you're in a valley. I don't care if you're in a cave. I don't care if you feel like you're underwater. I don't care if the pressure is coming from all areas. Please note that even though you may feel this, and even though it may not be uh, uh, the, the plan of God to deliver you today, please understand that God has assigned you help. He's giving you help so that you have an opportunity for relief. He's giving you a chance to breathe. And the Bible says that these men, did, David wasn't even talking to them, but the men took it up on themselves because they were good help to try to respond to the need that David had. But then, y'all, hear what happened. The Bible says that they bring the water to David. They bring the water to David, which, which, which shows us now, hear me, so David desired a refreshing. The Bible says something interesting that David did. The men bring this water back to David that they believe he was asking them for. They risked their lives. Y'all hear that? They went into the enemy's camp to meet the need of the person they were anointed to help. No, 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 no. They didn't go to their mom and their sister. And their, no, they went into the enemy's camp. They went into their enemy's camp because the person they were connected to in covenant with had a need. Good help. When it shows up, ain't asking no questions. Good help. Got to work. The Bible says that the assurance, here's where, he, listen, God had already assured David years prior that he would take care of him. He told David, but David would always be anointed that he would keep his hand upon him. No matter where he went, he would always make sure that he was taken care of. But now here, we see where God puts that into practice. Help shows up with what David believed that he needed in the moment. The men brought back the water. And now we see the assignment of assurance. When God meets his promise, when God fulfills his promise to us, we have a responsibility. Here's what David did. Every time God assigns a burden to us, he gives us relief, moments of relief, until that thing is manifested. And once it's manifested, there must be a, write this down, a moment of rededication. A moment of rededication. Listen, the promises of God are not issued out to us for us to hold, they are issued out to us because God trusts us enough, knowing that once he fulfills his promises to us, that we are not going to just hold it for ourselves, but in fact, that we are going to have a moment of rededication of it back to him. Ah, uh, he, hear me, hear me. In the midst of this place and in the season of his life, David has an aha moment. It is uh, uh, that, that, that moment where things began to make sense. Things that never looked like they were going to work are beginning to work. Uh, things are beginning to make sense. It's the moment now where revelation overshadows David's desires. Uh, it's now uh, through the actions of the three mighty men that David's mind has been recalibrated. It's not the water itself that brought David to understanding. However, the text says when David got the water, he thought about everything the men had to go through, and he poured it out to the Lord. Y'all heard that. 
He said, there's no way I can drink this water. And these men have risked their lives to bring it to me. David's pouring out was an act of worship, uh, recognizing that all good and perfect things come from God. When God provides for us, when he comes through in his promise, we have a responsibility to give back to him what he has given to us. Now, the act of worship that David does right here with the pouring out of the water is a reminder that the cost paid is what makes a thing sacred. I want to encourage you this morning. Some of y'all paid way too much in tears. You paid way too much in pain. You paid way too much in prayer. And now on the other side of the promise, and now some of us still even in process, but God is giving us moments of relief. It is important that we understand that because that we've gone through what we've gone through, what our process is sacred, that the product is sacred. And every sacred product, God, when God fulfills his promise, it's not for our glory, but it's for his. I want to challenge you today that even while you might be like David, even while you might be sitting in that cave, even while you might find yourself in a dark place, and, and you may say, well, Pastor Winston, I'm not even in a cave. I, at this point, I'm out of the cave. I'm on the other side of things. Well, here's my question to you. Have you rededicated that promise? Have you rededicated when God came through, did you give it back to him? Or did you hold on to it thinking it was your trophy for everything you went through? <laughs> I, I've been preaching on stewardship lately, and I ain't going to get into that. But, 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 but the people of God have done well receiving the promises of God. We have not done well returning his promises. All right. All right. All right. So listen, I pray that you were encouraged today by this word. I pray that you will be like David in an act of worship, that you will seek God in how you can make sure that you give back to him. I ain't just talking about your money. Uh, I'm talking about however you can, how, whatever that act of worship, please know, please know that in every, uh, in every assurance, with every assurance, there should be an act of worship, an act of rededication, a moment of rededication, all right? Uh, so again, I pray that this blessed you. I pray that it touched where it needed to touch and that it would encourage you and make you even the better in this journey, wherever you may land. Let's come off a of mute at this time. Uh, and for anybody who has not greeted us in the beginning, please greet us and then we'll move into our love, life, and victory moment. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Thank you so much for your declaration. That was on point. Good morning. Good morning. This is Sister Stephanie. This is Stephanie. Thank you so much. God bless you, Stephanie. Good morning, Pastor Winton Anderson. This is Rochelle. Happy Favor Friday. God bless you. God bless you, Rochelle. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Christina, Pastor. Great declaration. I, I do want you to know, though, I feel like you just decided to look into my life real quick and just call me out, but I appreciate the word. Thank you so much. For <laughs> Good morning to you. I'm glad to hear that. Good morning, Pastor. The same thing. I felt like it was a message for me, and I really thank you, and God bless you. Hello. God bless. Yes, I have to ditto with all, with both of them. Um, this is Marcy. 
Mona, how you doing, Pastor Winston? Thank you so much for that word, sir. Thank you. Hey, God bless you, Marcy. Good morning, Pastor Winton. This is Miss B. I know your scripture was in Second Samuel twenty third, but I didn't get the verses. Fourteen through seventeen. Good morning to you. Thank you. Awesome message. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, this, this is Didi, and I ain't, I ain't agreeing with all of them. They can say, you, "No, no, bro, you ain't gonna just do us like that on this Friday morning." Slap us with that amazing share. Oh my God, my heart racing from the truth. What you said about these burdens that it's so good. Rochelle, stop texting me. The burdens are ours, but what I want you to talk about when you get to that point is talk about the assignments that aren't ours. Because that's when you talk about we waste a lot of time. To, that's what spoke to me, so I'm going to wait on that part. Love you. <laughs> good morning, Dee Dee. Pastor, when I had to high-five somebody, I ain't in the building, but I just it was too good. I couldn't keep running by myself. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Pastor Winston. On the word, I enjoyed it. This is Cynthia. Good morning, Miss Cynthia. Good morning. All right. Listen, let's move into our love, life, and victory moment. Let's talk. Let's talk this thing out so it can make sense or if it has made sense or uh, if you have a question or if you just have something that stuck out to you. And, Didi, I'm going to get to that point uh, in just a minute. So anybody got anything, anything that kind of made you say, hmm, or anything that made you say, wow, all right, got it, uh, or, or a moment, an aha moment or whatever? Good morning. It's Elsie. Can I get a little more clarification on what you mean when it comes to doing our part? Is it giving our testimony or what were our responsibilities are. So I have a little more clarification on what we're supposed to be doing after we've gone through the darkness, after we've gone through our, our trials. And um, so I just wanted a little more clarification on that. Yes, definitely. So being a good steward of your product, right? Being a good steward of your product. And what I mean by that is when David got that water, that was God's fulfilling of a promise to David. Um, and, and oftentimes, once God fulfills a promise in our life, sometimes we don't respond accordingly. I'll give you an example. You prayed to God for this, right? You need God to come through in a financial area of your life. God comes through in that financial area. Well, when we get that blessing, we, it normally stops there. We, we don't move from there. We take that and we say God came through and we thank him for it. However, please note that David responded accordingly. So your testimony can be a part of that. When God comes through and seals that thing out for you, that could be a part of your rededication to him, right? Uh, Always making sure that you're telling that to people, always making sure that you're going forward. But then there are times where we have to pay it forward also, right? Or where we're assisting others in a certain area or where we are simply rededicating something to him. And so I think that it, it could be based on your situation. Here, he poured out water because he had asked for a refreshing of sorts. That refreshing showed up, and he pours it out. It doesn't even take the refreshing, but pours it out. And as a result of that, we even see, if you flip down a little more, 
that we see where God continued to do things for David because he sacrificed even after the process was over. And so I, I want to kind of encourage you all that even when that promise is fulfilled, you still have work to do. You still have to give something back. And whatever that contribution is, whatever that thing is, uh, that's something that God will lay up on your heart. I hope that makes sense. Good morning, Sister Lisa. I thank you for your decoration. As I was saying a, a, a couple of days or the, the other day, um, my financial situation where I said I, the bill was due on the 13th and then uh, I wanted it then. And uh, I know God is always on time. And yesterday I was uh, getting my uh, car oil changed um, and I was praying, you know, for that bill. And I said, Lord, I know you're going to be on time. Not when I want it, but when you're going to give me. I'm just a little emotional. I am so grateful. And one of my sisters in Christ, the phone rang, and she said, we remember you was talking about that situation. And she said, so I'm going to help you. And I just thank God for her, and I thank God what would he did, but I also just thank him. Just grow by thank him. And I also this morning going to get coffee. I gave back I always give back. I'm always feeding the homeless, you know, not because of that this guy as I love him, not because he did that thing for me, but because I'm sure that he hears my prayers. Because at first I thought he didn't hear it, but what he brought me through, how can I say that? But I'm so grateful, and I'm thanking him, and I'm thanking him, and I thank you, Lord. And anything that I could do for anyone, I'm right there without a question, not asking for anything back or anything like that. And I'm just so grateful that I've cha- he's changing my life. And since I've been on these calls, I'm getting stronger, even though I'm still going through with my son's death. But I'm holding, I'm a keeping my faith is getting stronger. Before I got on this call, I was weak. I'm still weak, but I was weak and I didn't believe I stopped trusting God. But now I trust God. Whatever I'm going through, I don't have to complain. I just have to go through the process. You said a personal thing. I have to sit with myself and just give it to the Lord and leave it there and don't take it back. And thank you for your declaration. And I thank God, and I thank God, I thank you, Lord, for keeping me, Lord. I thank God that I'm not suicidal. I thank God, Lord, that you're holding me and you're keeping me. And even though I'm trying to understand your word, you hear me, you see me, and I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Thank you. Thank you. I praise God for a testimony like that, that he's still keeping his people. Uh, he is still keeping his sons and daughters. And uh, Good I'm praying for you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I apologize. I don't mean to cut in. This is Sister Stephanie. I'm in the middle of my walk. I'm going to stop for a minute. Um, I was just listening to your declaration. And uh, David was a man of faith. David was a strong man of faith, but David was a strong man dedicated to the Lord. 
and we was reading in Joshua, where Joshua took the place. Um, he took over from where Moses started in a way to speak. And Moses wasn't sure, I mean, Joshua wasn't sure if he could fill the shoes that Moses once stood in. But, you know, when you do anything and you dedicate your service to the Lord and you have faith and strength in the Lord, and like I say, how can you know how strong your faith is if your faith has never been tested? So if you're sitting in a cushiony house with pillows and everything all around, and then you have no idea what the floor feels like. But, you know, if you have to rise from the floor and then you pray to God each day for a softer spot to sit, and then pretty soon you get a mat, and then you thank God for that mat. And like just like the pastor was with his opening prayer, he said you pray to God for the abundance, for we serve an abundant God. I don't have to live from penny to four penny, you know, but I serve an abundant God. But I am grateful and thankful for everything that I am and everything that I'm not before because I know that God fills me in my empty places. You know, David was a man and he dedicated everything to the Lord. But when you reminded me that after these men would do all of this, you know, risking their lives to get to the water because of the faith and the, the strength and the love and the conviction that they had for David and then to have David dedicated to the Lord. If you haven't been a person of little faith or misunderstanding, then you might have been resentful about him pouring out that water. But I know that there are a lot of things that we do in positions to where we give, like your sister was saying, give to the homeless or do different things. And sometimes you do it to a point to where you feel like, well, maybe that's a little bit too much. But as long as you're doing it in accordance with what the Lord says, then the Lord will supply. I don't Amen. care what it is. Amen. I don't care who it is. You know, yeah. just do it in accordance with the Lord. Because I'm not interested in people pleasing. I'm interested right. in serving God. Amen. That's, that's right. all I got. That's right. Yeah. That that is that is um. That is certainly true. I um, Did anybody pick up on the fact, because I, I want to kind of highlight this because I think that I'm hearing the same thing with the last two comments. Um, David's faithfulness did not prevent him from going into a cave, from being assigned to a cave. Uh, and I think that sometimes we, we've been taught that if we remain faithful and if we do, there are some places that we just cannot land. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, you, you can give all your life. You can pay your tithes, you can preach, you can pray, prophesy, you can do all of that. But you, you, can, still, you, you can still be assigned to a cave. And David's faithfulness and, and the anointing on his life did not keep him out of a cave. As a matter of fact, his anointing put him in one, all right? So, so, so I want to make sure we understand that when we land in those places, um, the assignment, Didi mentioned something, and I want to tackle this real quick, and then I'll open it back up. The when, when it is your burden, that means that there is a reward that, that, that belongs to you. You will know your assignment because you will reap 
from your assignment. If you put your hands in somebody else's assignment, there is no reward for you. I, I want to make sure we understand that. Uh, Pastor Winton, uh, can you can you back that up with scripture? Absolutely. Matthew 25, parable of the talents. Everybody was supposed to do what they needed to do. All three men were supposed to do what they needed to do with the talents they had been given according to their capacity. The man who got the most talents, the five, he did what he was supposed to do. The man who had the other talents, he did what he was supposed to do. But the man who had the one did not do what he was supposed to do. Instead, he held on to the talent. He buried it in the ground. He didn't do, he didn't multiply it. He didn't do anything, right? Uh, and at the end of the day, when, when the master comes back, the master rewards everybody and then removes the talent from the man who did nothing and gives that talent to the others. I say to you that the danger of carrying other people's burdens that are not assigned to you is that in your assignment, you will reap, but in somebody else's assignment, you cannot reap. All right, so you could provide assistance, but I'm not talking about providing assistance. What Didi said was the carrying, the making somebody else's problem your complete problem. And unfortunately, you don't reap from somebody else's assignment. You reap from your assignment. So David was assigned to the cave. The men helped David, okay? But because David still stayed in his assignment, the Lord blessed David where he was. Had David tried to take somebody else's assignment, or put his hands on somebody else's burden or something of the sort, then David would not have been blessed in the area because that was not his assignment. Thank you so right, much. Open, That's exactly what I needed. No, I, you, 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 you hit exactly because I think we need to stay in our own lane, even in that aspect. Absolutely. So you bless me, bro. No more, no more migraines coming this way. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is Carla. That was a yes. That's exactly what I was, as you were speaking, exactly where I was. Because we need, people need to have clarity about, like she said, just staying in your own lane because that's where you reap. And that's where things, sometimes when we pick up other people's burden, you're not able to, um, to fulfill the very thing that God has actually called you individually to do. And sometimes it's very painful in the process um, when you're, you're in those spaces, but you will reap if you think not. That's all I have to say. Thanks. Carl, that was good. That was good. Anyone else? Pastor Winston, mm -hmm. um, when you, um, uh, when you, when everybody's talking about picking up other people's burden, um, is this a good example? Um, I have a, a friend um, that's homeless, and um, she's sleeping in her vehicle. And then I uh, try to turn around, or I try to find ways for her to where she can live or, you know, try to seek out uh, any type of information she needs and stuff like that. Is that like picking up a person burden? No, that's just offering some assistance. Now, taking on a burden is very, very different. Um, and I'll give you a prime example of that, too. So taking on a burden that is not yours uh, means that, you know, say your mother uh, has, a, has a horrible way of talking to people. Uh, yeah. And her pattern in life has been that she turns everybody away, that there is a nasty attitude, that there's something of the sort. Um, 
and you desire for her to do better, but she does not desire to do better herself. And so in, in an effort to try to help her, you take on who you want her to be. And you make that your problem. You lose sleep. You have stress. You have migraines. Hair starts to fall out. All of the above, right? You have taken on what your mother's process is as your own process. And that's very different than helping someone who's in need. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, God was just in my business. All right. Thank you. Good morning, Pastor Winton again. Yeah, that's what he do. He get in our business. Um, I, I thank God for, you know, everything that was said. I oftentimes be afraid to do certain things or, you know, for the fear of, and, and he didn't give me a spirit of fear, but in reality, when you've been through some stuff, um, it's kind of hard to move in certain areas. But I have learned that there's a nevertheless, because he did what he did. I can do it, do it scared, do it moving, but do it in him. So everything you said um, touched so hard. And, and that stewardship, that was deep. That was deep. Now, I, I think about, you know, tithes and offering and giving of my time and whatnot, but that worship, that was something totally different. That hit so hard this morning. So thank you just for breaking it down and, and giving us, Everything you did, it was such a buffet, such, you know, it's going to take us, I'll take assurance, this a month of assurance right on out. Uh, so thank you again. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning. This is Sister Sylvia. Thank you so much. I really just was um, preparing food for my mom to take over. And so I was, you know, at first just just listening, but not attentively until you started talking about David. Um, my mom told me over 20 years ago when I was in my addiction to read the book of Psalms. And even though I became into recovery by the grace of God, I never actually did it. So I decided earlier this year that I'm going to read, go through the book of Psalms however long it takes. And so, um, and then I realized wow, okay, most of this is written by David, so in order for me to go through the book of Psalms, I need to study more about the life of David. And so I watched a few videos, and then I just started, you know, focusing on David as he, you know, to where he got to the point to write the Psalms. Um, and it's really been an eye-opening experience for me. What really resonated is, I think other people have mentioned it, is when we go have a burden, we go through something. Because I heard a long time ago somebody say, what's on the other side is through. When you're going through something and you get to the other side, you get through it. And then being able to re, what's the word that you use, re-educate ourselves, right? Ourselves based on what God, we just witnessed or we just experienced what God just sent us through. And that just resonates with me so much because that is exactly um, how I feel every single time, whether it's, you know, recovering from addiction, whether it's, you know, life-threatening illness, whatever it is, the fact that he brought me through that and each and every burden that I'm able to rededicate, okay, God, I see your work. I see what you can do. What what can I do for you? What What would you like for me? And so I really just appreciate that. Thank you so much. Absolutely, and you brought up that uh, that amazing point. Um, 
did did anybody catch the 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 God assigned help versus help that's not God assigned, right? So when you are on your way, you know, you, you kind of run into two groups of people, those who God assigns and then those who have assigned themselves. But but you'll know God assigned help because when those men heard, remember David was not talking to them. He did not ask them to go and give me something to drink. David was sighing, right? He was talking to himself. They happened to be in earshot. And those men decided that what good help does is it seeks to relieve. And that kind of goes back to what uh, someone was saying just a minute ago. Good help can know that there is uh, a need. There is something there. And, and, and then they made it their business to go and do it because they were God assigned to it. Now understand they did not go and sit in the place David was in, right? They didn't go and sit and try to relive yesterday and, and, and sit and sulk with him. Instead, they went out and sought a solution based on what they heard. And, uh, and God assigned him company in the cave. That thing, y'all, that thing messed me up. Because uh, sometimes when we're dealing, because y'all heard me say the exposure and the privation, right? David is sitting in, in, in between a contradiction of sorts. He is going through a process in front of people, yet he feels all alone. But the text tells us he wasn't alone. He had people around him who were God assigned. And the trick of the enemy sometimes is when we're in caves and valleys and all that, we, we'll be thinking that it's just us, you know, but somebody on this phone probably has isolated themselves trying to, trying to just, you know, cause you've had a couple of bad experiences. So you want to isolate yourself and just say that you can do bad all by yourself and all of the above. But the text tells us that, that there were assigned people in the cave with David, that although he was still wishing and longing for, for the days when things made sense, the people who were assigned still had uh, the anointing to try to assist him with what he was dealing with and what he needed. Hey, Pastor Winton, this is Tanya, um, not Tanya. Good morning. Hey. Um, um, the the breakfast this morning was just so rich. Uh, never heard the story told like that, but I'm I'm you hit so many. Yet so many curves. So yes, I absolutely can identify with the assignment piece and having people in my life that were assigned to help me through a um, private. private how, how, what's the word you said again? Private privatization. You know, privation. Privation, privation. Absolutely, have been there, but also have been on the um, the the giving end of. Um, helping somebody that was going through something very public that is that is also private but but what I wanted to touch on is the worship uh, I, I am a worshiper at my core and I'm so glad um, I think it was Elsie who asked the question I'm so glad that you um, used this um, illustration there there are many ways to worship it's not just singing a song and it's not just giving your money Worship can come in the form of giving your time. Uh, worship can, uh, wor listen, worship can come in the form of cooking a meal. Worship can come in the form of, uh, for me, for cleaning a house. It is uh, it can, for ministering to people. It is a corazada. Thank you, Jesus. It is what we do with our heart. It is, for me, it is a, a, a kind to, um, the heartbeat of God in in what you do. 
it, it's not something that you're doing. You know, we clean up all the time. That's not, this, this is different though. And I'm not talking about specifically for yourself. I'm talking about in helping somebody else. It becomes a sacrificial act that we perform in honor of God. That's how, that's the only way I know how to say it in English right now to, to express it. And it moves you. It's this not the normal kind of thing. It moves you. Uh, you feel blessed and privileged yeah. to be able to do that particular thing. It's like this, like I feel it right now. Our talking can be a form of worship. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't know if anybody else does, but right now I feel the glory of God. It's just so weighty. And it's important for us to know and understand there's so many different facets to God. And when we read his word, you can't just always take it literal. Like it, <laughs> I don't want to get too deep with it, but you just can't always take it. It's which is why it's important for us to not just read the word, but to study it, to define certain words and understand what the culture was um, during that particular period, understand what it was to be a king, understand what it was to be uh, the king's servant, and understand what it was to be a part of that 30, you know, who who held him up and the dangers that they, um, um, and not just take the word lightly, but when we dig, when we dig that way, um, we're so blessed because we we are able to experience a form of enlightenment that will carry us for days and months and years. And so I'll, I'll pause there, but the worship is just really, so many different things, but what stands out for me, underst I understand assignment, assignment, uh, the worship will really, really got me. And it's Winton, W-I-N-T-O-N, correct? Pastor Winton. That's correct. That's okay, correct. I just wanted to make sure. I don't want to be calling you the wrong thing. God bless you, man, God. <laughs> God bless you. You know, you mentioned something, and I'm just going to say it real quick, and then we can move forward. Uh, you know, sometimes we ask the question, like, what do we have to give? I've kind of heard that three or four times on this call today. You know, what is it that I have that I can give? And even those who are worshipers should always ask that question, right? That is our posture. That's our question that we always ask of the Lord. What is it that I can render? What can I give? And in this moment, it's important that we understand that water became sacred uh, in that moment. David looked at what he had and he worshiped with what he had, all right? So the water became sacred and the water was sacred because of the sacrifice. Y'all hear that? That the men went through to get the water. So what makes something sacred? Sacrifice, all right. Who else we got? Can I, can I add one more thing? Can I add one more thing? Come on. Um, how many times in prayer, and this is a question, I'm not asking anybody to answer it. Just think about it, ponder it. How many times in prayer do you say, Father, how can I serve you this morning? Or how can I serve you this afternoon or whatever the, the time frame that you're praying? How, what, do you, what do you desire of me? Um, that, that has become something common and just sit and listen instead of going to God with all your 
what I, what you said we can do. He invites us to do it. Cast all of your cares on me, for I care for you, right? He, he, he's given, and we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We understand that. That's a that's a given. But sometimes I'm finding myself of late saying, God, I don't, I don't, I'm not coming to ask you for anything. I showed up today because I want to hear from you. What what can I do to to make your heart happy? And He'll answer me. And so I just want to offer that out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's important that to ask the Father what he desires. Yes. Yeah, that's the posture of worship. Can I add to that too? This is Didi and I am so at ten. I'm so at ten. When when I just thank him just for gratitude, just for it's not like you said, not going to him with God, can you it's like Lord, I thank you. I just want to thank you for just the blood, I, like right now I'm standing outside of the preschool in the backyard and I'm taking all the beauty of kid play. We don't even see that no more. But I'm just grateful for this. Like if he don't do nothing else, I'm just grateful. And it's like, Holy Spirit, what do you need me to do? Like, what is it that I need to do? I desire to just be used by you in what I say, what I do. And Tanya, thank you for reminding us what worship is. It's like, Worshiping is just loving on somebody, listening to somebody, showing up and being quiet. Sometimes you don't have to show up with all the answers. I want to quote all 66 books. Just show up. Clean up a house. Take them a, like, I'm going to use Tanya, Tanya for an example. Tanya just showed up in, in, a, in a place when I was going to slide down the wall, literally, and she just showed up at my door. You know, I think she might have had a, a peach card or something, probably something like that. But it's just the fact that we just have to know. That it's not always about begging or pleading. It's just thanking him. So I thank you for reminding me of that this morning. Hi, this is Sister Sylvia again. I I don't know. I feel like just running through this house shouting because this is the direction that this is going in. I mean, I just just piggybacking on what the last two speakers said. I finally, what I've realized, and it happened through this Declare Victory line, it happened in the last several months, when I finally, finally realized and made it quick to understand that I was not put here for myself, that it, this has, has nothing to do with me, that everything, every reason that I am here and created was to serve him, to serve God. And so I have just been running with that, running with that. Who is it? Show me the way. Guide me. What do you have me to do? Not my will. Move me out of the way. And so this is just such a, I'm telling you, I just want to shout, just listening to the, you know, the reality of what we are here for, what I'm here for, what I was created for was to serve. How can I serve you today? What will you have me to do? I just want to serve you, Lord, for the rest of my life. It has nothing to do with me. I've done things my way, what I thought I knew. But what I know, what I know, what I know today is that I am here to serve you, Lord. What will you order my steps? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pastor Winston, I have um, one more question. Um, this is Cynthia. Um, when when we guys talk about, um, I forgot. When we talk about like when uh man that was the word i wanted to use well anyway um going back to um going back to my mom 
um, God, I guess God got it where, um, you know, he, he, like, he wants us to spend time with our family and stuff like that. And so, you know, sometimes, um, uh, you know, because she doesn't, they don't go to church or anything like that. Um, she'll want me to, um, take her to Thunder Valley and I have no type of, um, guilt or anything like that because I'm not somebody to gamble. I may, what, use a 20 or something like that. But after that, I just, I'm just there with her, just uh, spend time with her. But sometimes it, it, it can be um, very irritating because, <laughs> that's why I said God is in my business. Um, she has a mouth on her, my goodness. And just last um, Saturday, um, we had went to the auction and, I bought something and somebody bought something and then the man, he kindly just said to the young boys that was helping him, they probably was their, his son, did you get the money? Did you get the money? And she just kind of like went off and I'm like, oh my goodness, do I have to keep dealing with this Lord? And and his stuff is just um, coming back to me. Like, for example, when somebody spoke about, um, you know, sinners are sinners, so the sinners are going to do what they want to do and stuff like that. And, you know, I get that and stuff like that. But is this like a, uh, the, uh, I can't think of the word that you use, but is this like a, a uh, not a trial or tribulation, but is this like something where I have to do what he's trying to teach me or show me something? Because not everybody, um, not everybody is perfect. You know, I'm going to have to deal with, uh, the, you know, the cussing and stuff like that. Or like when she was in my car, she said this, and she's like, well, that's not a bad word. I said, well, I'm learning to speak out and I'm like, well, I don't want, I don't want to stand that in my car. I, you know, I don't want to hear all that. And just, you know, you know, I love her and stuff like that. But sometimes I, I, I don't like going over there because I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to hear the negative is it's negative, negative, negative all the time. But, you know, then I just, I, I put on my big pan of my big girl pants and I just going over there and deal with it and, and stuff like that. So is um is that like uh like a a trial or something like that or is that just life um cuz I just cuz in the word it say get an understanding in everything and I just want an understanding um of you know just different stuff that I go through. I think as long as Two, two things I'll say, and, and one thing is a biblical principle, and the other I'll give you always to, to give you spiritual and natural. Uh, mm -hmm. People who do not have a relationship with Christ personally, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about people who want to who wanna know Christ through you because you know him, but people who don't take time to personally develop their relationship with Christ naturally end up oftentimes unhappy with themselves, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that part doesn't change uh, because that's your mother. Um, of course, that is an assignment of sorts. But I will tell you this, her attitude is not your assignment. Do you understand? Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, so gotcha. we are not called to deal with people's attitudes. We are called to be light for them. And if that makes them upset or if that does whatever, then we continue to be light and we don't ever alter us being the light, but your assignment mm -hmm. is not her attitude. 
You 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 got it right on the nail. That's the word that was I was, I was trying to get to come out. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Pastor, that, this is that. Tanya. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Can I just to Cynthia? Right. I, I want is yeah. it Cynthia or Cynthia? Okay. <laughs> so I also wanted to add this: that people treat us the way that we allow them to. The relationship between sibling and you know the parent and child, mm-hmm. especially once we become adults, it it could be different. Um, it, and it because we're no longer kids where they tell us what to do and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. At least that's how it should be because now we're adults and so we parent yeah. differently. So, so for one of the, I'll use an example. I live with my parents to, um, I, they're older, they're in their nineties. Um, and so I assist them kind of sort of like what you're doing, but I live with my parents. And okay. so I'll never forget that one of my parents, I won't say which one, uh, one of my parents did something that really offended me. And so I had to take a moment. It was not a good time to say something, but I knew I needed to say something because if I didn't say something, it would continue to happen. So now I'm talking about healthy boundaries, right? We, as, as Christians, as believers, as children, we have a right to set healthy boundaries. So, yeah. so I had to first ask myself, why am I so upset? That's the first that Paul said, I think it was Paul, examine yourself, right? So let me turn the flashlight on. And it, well, number one, I was tired. I was tired, so my grace for the day had been depleted, and so mm-hmm. I knew it was not a good time for me because I would have yelled at this parent, and that's not my character. Because um, so the next day I said, "Are you still? Are you tripping? Was is this a minor thing? Do you need to say something? No, you need to say something because this will happen again." And so at the right time, I had a conversation and I said, "You know, why did you do this? I don't like that." And I would appreciate that you not do that again because it was offensive to me. I never blamed that person. I never said you always, you, but what I did was I was very careful with my, I used my feels to how I feel statements Mm -hmm. because what I didn't want to do was to have the conversation turned around and to be said that I'm, I'm disrespectful. That's not how I raised you or anything like that. There wasn't any any room for that. I made it about how I feel, and it is a trigger for, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? So so healthy boundaries are good for us, and because it's your car, it's your time. You know, Mom, um, it it makes me uncomfortable when. Can you tone it down a little bit? Okay, got you. Just little things. Don't, you know, try to make her be saved because you are and make her change her life. And she might tell you, no, you got to be exactly. <laughs> you got How you don't handle that, you know? Right. So. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you, Pastor Winston. No problem at all. No problem at all. Y'all are, y'all are giving good stuff this morning. Anyone else, no, anything I- before we go ahead. This um this is Christina. I just wanted to um say I had a um a great revelation with what you with, with what you said in your declaration when you said about there are people that will come with good help, um, but then there's a part of it that you have to do alone, even with the good help that might come. And it just reminded me of uh a moment in my life that was a very scary moment for me, which was 
childbirth where you're surrounded with help, good help. You have people around you telling you you're going to make it. You have the midwife or the OB, but then there's a part of the process where you as the woman has to do the pushing by yourself. And at that moment, it's just you and God. So that was a aha moment for me that even after, and then like you said, after the release, there's the reward. And the reward is the child. And then there's the rededication where you give the child back to God. And it's just a whole cycle um, throughout the child's life of moments like that. But I just wanted to thank you for that because as a mother, sometimes we have to be reminded of the child is more than just um, a child. It's an assignment from God that God blessed us with. Thank you. You brought up a good point. Before I do christening, I always mention to people and parents, I meet with them when they ask me to do them, and I ask them, are they sure they want to do it? And they always look at me crazy. And then I tell them, I said, listen, when you christen and you give back, you are acknowledging and entering into covenant that you are not the owner. You are the manager. And the owner does what the owner wants to do with the children. The manager has no say in what the owner does. And so I asked them, are you sure? Because once you make this covenant, then again, owner does what the owner wants to do. And uh, two, two, two examples, always, always child dedication. And then grief. I talked about that. I tell my congregants all the time. Even in counseling, I tell them, listen, at the end of the day, you can have 50 people around you who say I'm with you, who say I love you, and I'm here for you. But at the end of the day, grief is a very, very singular process. It is a very personal process. It is something that you have to deal with. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I don't want to get off on that, but I certainly just wanted to kind of throw that out there to get credence to that. Uh, thank you so much for that. Anyone else? Yes. Um, hi, Pastor Winton. Um, that was good, Christina. Um, this is Lisa. Um, I always enjoy your teaching. I, I enjoy the depth of um, what you bring to the text. Um, I was thinking about David um, to the point of worship and what he said about, you know, for what that, that water costs, it could have cost the men their lives. So there was a sacrifice there and they were willing to do that because of their loyalty, loy um, their, their dedication, their, their love for David. Um, and looking at David, he was not, this is just not an isolated incident. Just in the next chapter, it just speaks to how David was truly a man after God's own heart because he did that honorable thing and didn't take advantage of God's people that God had placed on the, you know, under his care. So as he gets to the next chapter, chapter 24, he has now gone and sinned again, done something different. He took a census and he wasn't supposed to um, necessarily looking at the might of his own power instead of God, how he constantly delivered them over and over again, despite how many men were present. And so he had to be punished for that. And he had, I think, taken the, the oath to um, have his men, um, the plague that would, would, would strike the land or the people, children of Israel. And I think over 70,000 were killed. And so he's crying out now on behalf of the people like Moses did so many times, like I sinned, it wasn't them, they're only sheep. Don't 
don't take this out against them. And then yet again, David goes right back to offering up a sacrifice. Like he poured out that water before the Lord. He says now he has to go to Gad and he buys this land. Um, and the land, first the landowner wants to just give it to him. And I love the fact that David said, no, 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 I'm going to buy this because I will not offer anything up to my God that costs me nothing. And that right there is so powerful. Um, and that's for me a, a real powerful statement of worship. It's just a lifestyle. And so we see the lifestyle of David, not that he was perfect, but that his heart was right before God. And that for me is a life of worship. It's not that I'm gonna get everything right. However, I still have come in when, when, when everything hits the fan and I'm faced against the wall because I recognize who he's called me to be, still don't know everything, right? But still becoming, I recognize that it's my character, it's my integrity, it's my loyalty to him that sets up a lifestyle of worship. So I just want to share that. Rochelle, are you still on the line? That's Pastor Winton. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. I am going to be stepping into a meeting that I need to get to. Uh, and I wasn't sure, Rochelle, if we needed to close out or if you wanted to continue and close out for me. Uh, you do with your leg. Go ahead and you can pray us out. Okay. Alrighty, let us pray then, you all. Thank you all again for taking the time, taking the moment. Um, and I pray that, you know, you know how to connect with me. If you have questions or anything you want to say, we can definitely dialogue on that as well. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or find me on uh, Instagram or anywhere just by typing in Winton R. Anderson. And I'd love to connect with you and communicate. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity and this moment. I pray that you would go with each and every person on this line. God, I thank you for the anointing that's on their life. And I thank you that no matter where it lands us, God, we know that you've got it in control. Uh, may we have an amazing weekend. May we have an amazing week, an amazing season, and the peace of God take control of our lives. We love you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Hold on, please. Hold on, please. Love you, girlfriend. I love you, girlfriend. You know who this is. Yo, number. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Yeah, you <laughs> hey, y'all, really, real quick, please continue to lift bubbly up today. Okay. Just as you think yes. about today, just, just, just think of bubbly and send up some just good prayers. And we already trusting God for good reports. So just wanted to remind okay. us of that. And whoever decides to roll up on Friday Night Live, it's, it's on. Love y'all. Love y'all. Have a super blessed day. Okay, girlfriend. I'll talk to you later, girlfriend. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.